OCO Taishu, Shadana Lai, I'm Jay Winter Nightwolf, and this is the American Indian Indigenous Peoples Truths, Justice for All, the most dangerous broadcast on podcasts or radio anywhere. Great mystery, teach me how to trust my heart, my mind, my intuition, my inner knowing, the sense of my body, the blessing of my spirit. Teach me to trust these things so that I may enter my sacred space and love beyond my fear and thus walk in balance with the passing of each glorious sun. These are the memories COVID took from us. A child's birthday, time spent with friends, a first kiss, or the big day. A homecoming game on a cool fall evening, the first day of college, or a proud graduation. Dreams of starting a business and building a legacy, lifting our hearts in prayer and sharing our faith in God together the blessing of a peaceful passing of an elderly parent surrounded by family. COVID has robbed America of so much. None of this had to happen. We have suffered needlessly because Trump is a fool, a liar, and a failure. Most countries stopped it. Trump refused. It's Trump's virus now, and before it's over, a million of us could die. What we've lost reminds us of the stakes this November. It truly is a choice, America or Trump. The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. Welcome back to the most dangerous show on podcasts or radio anywhere. The American Indian Indigenous Peoples Truths. My guest today is one of my good friends for a few years, good years. His name is Ben Jealous. And Benjamin Todd Jealous was born January 18, 1973. He is an American civil rights leader and politician. He served as the president and chief executive of the NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, from 2008 to 13. When he was selected to head the NAACP at 35, he became the organization's youngest ever national leader. The Washington Post in 2013 described him as one of the nation's most prominent civil rights leaders. 
my good friend Ben Jealous. I am so happy to have you on here today with us. Uh, I understand that you graduated from Columbia University with a BA, St. Anthony's College, Oxford, with a master's degree. And it's, it's an honor to have you and an opportunity to talk to you again. Is there anything that I left out of that, Ben? For me, the most important education always came organized. Places like Mississippi mm-hmm. uh, or Harlem, uh, or my years as a community journalist. I was trained by a guy named Charles Tisdale, the Jackson Advocate in Jackson, Mississippi. At the time, we were the most frequently firebombed publication in, in the United States. We were last firebombed in 1998. Wow. And, and it was, it was frontline journalism. My beat was law enforcement corruption. Mm. And the, I was always told the reporter who had it before me was in a mental hospital because she was gang raped by the officers that she was investigating. Wow. In the steep South, it was always understood, you know, that white supremacists and people sort of kind of of that culture would would often rape women and lynch men. That was sort of the, the old tradition, rape mm-hmm. women and kill men. Mm-hmm. Both are horrific, but the implication was if the female reporter had been raped, that you would likely be shot. So, yeah, you know, that was my early training. I'd been kicked out of college for student protests and ended up in Mississippi, me, me and a young organizer named Stacey Abrams. We organized a campaign along with another young organizer named Derek Johnson, uh, who now runs the NAACP nationally, uh, to stop the governor of Mississippi, Kirk Fordyce, kind of a prototype for, for Trump from turning a, a black college into a prison. Mm-hmm. And when we're, we were successful, I, I wanted to stay in Mississippi, so... I went to work for the advocate. And so, though, you know, that's really was my, the Oxford degree, the Columbia degree, don't get me wrong, I, I learned a lot of good things there, about critical thinking and writing and such, but mm-hmm. I learned a lot more um, organizing in the streets of Harlem and organizing uh, throughout Mississippi. You mentioned the name Stacey Abrams. Is that the same Stacey Abrams that ran for the governor? Yeah. Oh, yep. she is one remarkable woman. Yeah, she is. Stacy. Stacy told me when we were 20 years old that she was going to be the first black governor of Georgia. I actually told her, well, then you should move to Maryland. She's like, why should I move to Maryland? I said, because, I mean, Georgia's Georgia. We're going to get a black governor before you do, and then maybe you can, uh, like, lateral back home. <laughs> so, when, so when I declared for governor of Maryland, I called her. I said, look, I've been waiting for 25 years for you to move to Maryland. That lane is officially closed. You're just going to have to go wind down in Georgia now. <laughs> She's a very incredible and intelligent woman. And uh, oh, she is. She was railroad. She is no joke. Yeah, she definitely was. Oh, uh, she is. She was railroad. Oh, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hundred percent. It's not a campaign. It's a billion-dollar criminal enterprise. Donald Trump says he's running on law and order. I am the law and order candidate. Who's he kidding? Trump's campaign manager is a felon. His deputy campaign manager is a felon. His national security advisor, a felon. His foreign policy advisor is a felon. His personal lawyer is a felon. His longtime personal advisor, a felon. Nixon was bad. Trump is worse. Now, Trump saves Roger Stone. Stone lied to cover up Russian involvement in Trump's campaign to protect Donald Trump. 
Seven felony convictions. I am the law and order candidate. Trump is the most corrupt president in U.S. history. There's only one way to end the Trump crime spree. Throw him and his crooks out of office. On November 3rd, vote for justice. The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. I got a couple questions I would like to ask you and get your response on them. Um, sure. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, one of my heroes, mm. has just passed on the spirit world a few days ago, and even before her body was cold, um, this president, and I hate to call him that, I got so weird. decided to push forward an another person to replace her. That's total disrespect to me and her. What are your thoughts on yeah. that? Oh, I mean, I was, I was even more outraged in the way that Mitch McConnell came out and just began dishonoring her memory, like within hours, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, within hours. I think Lindsey Graham said it best four years ago. Mm -hmm. Lindsey Graham said, you hear what I say? You can use these words against me four years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, if the president, you know, if you need to, said these president elected in 2016 should face a vacancy in the Supreme Court in the last year of the first term, the uh, whoever that president is, that vacancy should be filled by the by the president who who wins the next election, whoever that president is. Mm -hmm. It just kind of, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, these folks are so they they, they lack all honor from the president on down. He yes. is really, you know, uh, just removed. There, there used to be around the edges, even, in, in like in fairly recent times, not even going way back, uh, a certain type of protocol that was respected in the U.S. Senate, just certain things that if any senator gave their word on, you could, you could take that to the bank. That was already um, pretty frayed, but it has been completely eviscerated under Donald Trump. You know, I mean, what I'd say is, you know, I... I the way that we have to respond to us right now is just two things, right? You know, Mother Jones taught us, you know, the great organizer, uh, we pray for the dead, mm -hmm. and then we fight like hell for the living. There you go. There you go. This, you know, and this, you know, we pray for the dead, and we fight like hell for the living. And so we mourn Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We also have to make sure that our families are all right, that our neighbors are all right, that, that our fellow Americans are all right, you know, that the undocumented immigrants are treated like human beings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our Native brothers and sisters as well, and uh, even within their, you know, even within the uh, reservations of the tribal nations where so many people in so many instances have been relegated to such poverty for so long. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and so... What that means is when you have a president who has made the litmus test for his nominees being destroying the Affordable Care Act mm. in the midst of a health pandemic, including its protection, by the way, people with pre-existing conditions when COVID-19 has just become your newest pre-existing condition, um, that we have to do two things at once, uh, given that we're 40 days from an election. Mm -hmm. One, we have to. We must do everything we can to delay this nomination. And I'm not sure there's much that can be done now that Mitt, 
Mitt Romney has betrayed us too. He looked like he was going to go the right way, and then he mm-hmm. kind of head faked mm-hmm. and went the wrong way. Which then means, and this is what we're focused on, people for the American way. We got to make the Republicans pay. We got to take out as many Republican senators as possible. Absolutely. Um, right now, right now there is there is real opportunity in Iowa, in Colorado, in mm-hmm. Arizona, but also in South Carolina. Yeah. Even in Mississippi, mm-hmm. possibly Georgia. Um, and that's where everybody needs to lean in. If you're outraged about how they are handling this and you, you know, then it comes down to this, the serenity prayer, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, part of that is having the serenities, accept the things you cannot change. We may not be able to stop them from making this nomination, but then you got to have the courage to change the things you can. And what we can change is we can change who represents people of Iowa in the Senate, who represents the people of Colorado in the Senate, who represents people of Arizona in the Senate, people of South Carolina, people of Mississippi, people of Georgia. We do all that and they won't ever, they won't be able to do this again. Absolutely. Um, And you know, and that's where if you got money, you send it to those races, you know, you got time, come volunteer with people for the American way. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we send us your money too. I mean, we're buying ads literally every week in each of these states seeking to push push these folks out of office. And we're seeing the, the, the races tighten in some very surprising and wonderful ways. Two days ago, Jay, two days ago, there was a poll out of Mississippi that Mike Espy, it's now a one-point race. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It is incredible. But you know what? All of this, 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 this reminds me of a movie that I saw called um, Buffalo Soldiers starring Danny Glover. When uh, yep. the brother that was half Seminole and half black served as a scout for uh, the Union general, and he approached him and he says, first sergeant, talking about um, the role that Danny Glover played, you have no honor. You have no honor. My submission of all of that with this administration is that, yes, they have no honor. But Zero. They have no integrity as well. No, that's right. Mm-hmm. No, that's right. I mean, we just, you know, the, oh, Donald Trump Jr. Um, oh, God. The, uh, came out, to, you know, yesterday saying that he believes that millions of fake ballots have been mailed. He's an idiot. Mm-hmm. And there's really no other words for it. It's a complete lie. And yet what it also is, is them beginning to build the case. Mm-hmm. to try to steal this election and it's outrageous exactly it is outrageous someday soon the time of trump will pass this circus of incompetence corruption and cruelty will end when it does the men and women in trump's republican party will come to you telling you they can repair the damage he's done They'll beg you to forget their votes to exonerate Trump from his crimes. Ask you to forgive their silence, their cowardice, and their betrayals as Trump wrecked this nation. Every time they had a choice between America and Trump, they chose Trump. Every time they were called to the service of this nation and their sacred oath, they chose Trump. Every time. Learn their names, remember their actions, and never, ever trust them again. The news broke. 
the past week that Trump has already denigrated servants, members, and veterans, including those who have lost their lives and limbs in battle, criticizing them as suckers and losers. Please. You know, yeah, and, deeply offensive and disturbing. And that's coming out of the mouth of a man that was a six-time draft dodger that yeah. wouldn't go and serve, who did yeah, not I have... I think he actually beat... Mm-hmm. I think he beat Dick, Dick Cheney's record for a draft dodger. Oh, I'm telling you. You know, and he calls himself Commander-in-Chief. Well, I dare name rename him Commander-in-Thief. So, yeah. anyway, what are your thoughts on that? No, I mean it's it's um, the he's attacked the post office, mm. ripping it, and you know it, during a health pandemic when people rely on it for their medication. Yes, yes. Leaving um, many vets who get their their VA medication from the mail, um, having to ration medication in ways that are dangerous, or just having to go without. Um, then he turns around. And he literally attacks the memory of fallen soldiers. Yes. And then yes. he turns around and, and he excludes our wounded warriors from military parades. I I mean, you talk about lacking honor. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just blows your mind. I never, every Memorial Day, I sit down and, and read the poetry of a good friend who, was killed, a uh, good high school buddy that was killed in uh, Iraq. Mm. Um, he was a graduate of the Naval Academy. Mm. Um, he, was, he was one of my best friends in high school. And he, uh, he, was a, he was a brilliant poet. His name was Kylan Huffman Jones. He, uh, he married his high school sweetheart, and mm-hmm. they merged their, their names into one name, her last name. He was Heidi Jones. He was Kylan Huffman. Mm-hmm. And they became the Huffman Jones family. And, um, you know, you carry that wound with you. On our board is Kazir Khan, whose son was killed, mm. um, either in Afghanistan or Iraq. And the wound he carries is, is with him is massive. Mm. And the one thing that you never expect to hear is the president of the United States mm-hmm. um, disparage the memory of your loved one, your friend, your son. Mm-hmm. who gave everything for this country, and yet that's what we've heard. And then, you know, in the midst of all that, there is this allegation uh, that many find credible, um, certainly seems to fit his pattern, that uh, he um, refuses to, you know, that Russia has placed bounties on the heads of our soldiers oh my God. in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and that he refuses to, to confront them on. Mm. And, it's you know, this is... I mean, what so, kind of coward is that? Just so wrong. Just so wrong. I can't even. And the thing is, is like, you know, you and I are a couple of guys who are always fighting for peace. Mm-hmm. You know, it would never occur to us though to, dis- to, to disparage the memory of people who've lost their lives in war. And yet he's a warmonger mm-hmm. and, um, and yet doesn't even respect the people that he's sending off to die. As the sun rose over Afghanistan this morning, 8,600 American troops started their day knowing Russia has bounties on their heads, paying Taliban militants to murder our troops. And the heartbreaking truth 
that their commander-in-chief deserted them, that he ignored the intelligence report dropped on his desk in February, too lazy to read it himself. And now, since the report was read out loud to him in June, days have passed, weeks have gone by, still no action. Not a call to his Russian master to stand down. Not a call to console the families left behind. When the sun sets over our troops in Afghanistan tonight, how many more bounties will Russia have paid out? Our troops deserve a whole lot better than a traitor like Trump. True. You know, you, you, you speak of uh, your friend graduating from the Naval Academy. My baby brother graduated from the Naval Academy in 1976 and um, mm. cancer took him out at 34 but before he passed away at 37 no 38 years old he became the youngest United States Navy, um, United States Marine Corps Lieutenant Colonel Native American Colonel in the history of the United States Marines and I know if, if Willie knew about that right now, he'd be spinning over in his grave, you know. All oh my God, of, it just blows your mind. You, you all just can't of the, even, like... All of the sacrifices that, that these guys guys made, I mean, they just gave it all. And and John McCain, come on, please. He's not a war hero. Yeah. And he don't like... No, people, he, don't. He, don't, he don't like people that are captured. Oh, please. Yeah. We just got to get rid of Donald Trump. We have a tyrant. You know, we also think should be uh, energized that we can, you know, get rid of uh, Senator Hyde Smith down in Mississippi, who mm -hmm. went to the Jefferson Davis Museum and came out and said that she had just seen the finest of her state's history, <laughs> the Confederate Museum. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, we can we can get rid of uh, Joni Ernst up in Iowa, who keeps rubber stamping these Trump judges, telling the people that she's there to protect their pre-existing condition protections. These are, you know, farmers and hardworking people in Iowa just lying to them while she rubber stamps judges who have been sent there to, to destroy that coverage. Um, you know, we can get rid of Tillis down in North Carolina, who's, you know, running around right now, uh, inflaming the far right wing. Mm -hmm. uh, we can get rid of, um, oh, McSally down in Arizona, who is, no one that John McCain would find easy to respect. Um, and, uh, you know, there's so many opportunities here to pick up Senate seats, and we just got to lean into it. We just got to lean into it. Exactly. To see that they never do anything like this again. It was 1988. The AIDS epidemic at its peak. When asked in a debate who he considered American heroes, Vice President Bush praised a young research doctor, Anthony Fauci. I think a Dr. Fauci, he's a very fine research, top doctor at National Institute of Health, working hard doing something about research on this disease of AIDS. He's an American hero, a kid from Brooklyn who grew up over his family's pharmacy. At five foot seven, he was captain of his high school basketball team, a natural leader. Under six presidents, he's quietly worked to keep America safe. In a time when truth is under assault, He's always been straight with us. So I can say we will see more cases and things will get worse than they are right now. While President Trump lied. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle, it will disappear. 
Now Donald Trump is attacking Dr. Fauci. Why? Because Trump failed America. So he does what he always does, attack and blame. No, I don't take responsibility at all because... So who do you trust? Donald, the dope? Then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute. Or the doctor. To protect our families, on November 3rd, we can make Donald Trump disappear. It's not a miracle. It's democracy. Let's talk about uh, Bob Woodward's book. book um, mm-hmm. And all the lies that, that he recorded that came directly out of Trump's mouth. Um, mm-hmm. The threat of the coronavirus. What a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know whether you've lost any relatives behind that, but my sister passed about... Last friends. Yeah, my, my sister passed about You're, six weeks ago. From, oh, man, I'm sending you a big hug, brother. That's Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing, nobody ever wants to have to bury their sister, my God. And this was the day, the day before she turned 65, and she had been bragging for the last three years. As soon as I turn 65, I'm going to go get my Social Security. And she died the day before she turned 65. But, you know, it, you know, be it as it is, you know, it's some things we can't do anything about. But to have this idiot in the White House to and be in total denial of this, this, this ease. And he knew that this thing was deadlier than any other virus or disease we've ever had in the United States. And for him to play it down and talk it down, uh, again, the man has no honor. Zero. And it's, um, you know, I got to tell you, you know, you know, the older I get, the more I listen to my grandma. My grandma's 103. She'll be 104 this November. God bless her. She descends. Yeah, man. She's incredible, man. She, um, she was a social worker, state of Maryland, Baltimore City. She she trained a bunch of younger social worker named Barbara Mikulski. Mm-hmm. And um, my 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 grandmother, my hmm? mom knew Barbara Mikulski. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you know, great women tend to hang out together. You and that right. And um, so my grandma is the granddaughter of slaves. Mm-hmm. She's a direct descendant of Thomas Jefferson's grandmother by her grandchildren that were her slaves. Mm-hmm. And uh, she carries with her about 200 years of history witnessed firsthand, a hundred or so witnessed by her grandparents and great-grandparents that were told to her, um, and uh, and the hundred that she's lived, 104 mm-hmm. this November that she's mm-hmm. lived. And, and my grandma is an optimist. And she would tell you, you know, that we've lived through worse and triumphed over it. She would also tell you that you know, when a fox is backed into a corner and lashing out, and the Republican Party is acting like a fox backed into a corner and it's lashing out, mm-hmm. that you have to take the fox's fear as affirmation mm. that they recognize that whatever they've been up to is about to stop, you know, right in your penthouse or whatever, it's about to end Mm -hmm. and not in a way that they would like. And, and so, you know, my grandma was like, baby, 
consider where we are. 2050, this becomes a nation. Uh, my grandma, you know, graduated the University of Pennsylvania in 1953, so before Brown, it's a black woman. Okay. Um, in school of social work, brilliant woman. And she said, you know, midpoint of this century, we're going to be a nation only of minorities. White supremacy ends. Yeah. As the as the operating system of our elections. And the people who are most invested in that at this point in history, given, you know, 400 years of that being the norm in this country, you would expect them to act this way when they're about to lose power. That's- and and so there's a lot of people who are running around saying like it was the death of the republic. No. No, this is this is like the republic in a cocoon. Mm-hmm. This is it being darkest before it's dawn. There is a better future coming for our country. The only question, Brother Nightwolf, is when shall it arrive? And the only people who've ever been able to make the future come faster, that better future come pass, faster, throughout American history have been organizers. Right. People who organized the revolution, mm-hmm. the people who organized the abolitionist movement, the people who organized the women's suffrage movement, mm-hmm. the people who organized like my parents, the civil rights movement, and us who are organizing today. And so we have to own that power. We have to own, you know, claim the victory, as we say in the black church, and then we got to make it real. And the beauty is, oh, you know, we only have to make it real. Like that reality is coming. We just got to reel it in faster. We just got to make it come faster. Exactly. And so that's what I focus on to people for the American way. And that's in my word to you and kind of all of your listeners is, like, take heart. We're going to win. The only question is when and how big. And those two things are totally within our control. We just got to, you know, two two types of power in this world. Organized people and organized money. Organized people can be organized money every time, but they got to be organized. And so if you don't belong to an organization, please join people for the American way. If you, if you would rather join some other organization, join that organization. But just make sure that you're organized. How do people find people for American Way online. You know, give us a website. The um, they can go to pfaw.org. People for the American Way.org. pfaw.org. Okay, cool. We have a threefold primary responsibility. Number 1, get people saved. Number 2, get them baptized. Number 3, get them registered to vote. Our form of government came directly from the Bible. In 1979, I started to see the proliferation of TV ministries across television. They said quite openly that that they were out to demolish the separation of church and state. And we decided to challenge the religious rights view of America. What I knew best was television. And that's how people for the American way began. So maybe there's something wrong when people, even preachers, suggest that other people are good Christians or bad Christians, depending on their political views. I'm Barbara Jordan. Recently, I watched a broadcast by the television evangelist, Pat Robertson, which appeared on hundreds of stations, including this station. Welcome to I Love Liberty. Who am I? I'm an American. Betsy's sitting there going, Ooh, this could be the start of something big. Ooh. 
This is Gregory Peck. Robert Bork wants to be a Supreme Court justice. But the record shows that he has a strange idea of what justice is. Please urge your senators to vote against the Bork nomination. Because if Robert Bork wins a seat on the Supreme Court, it will be for life, his life and yours. The Robert Bork nomination ended today. The Senate voted by an overwhelming 58 to 42 margin to reject the controversial appointment. I'm very pleased this morning to announce that uh, Judge Bork has decided to join my campaign team. The research group Right Wing Watch has been putting together sort of the collected works of the people who Rick Perry is doing this prayer event with. People adrift in a sea of moral relativism. We need God's help. That's why I'm calling on Americans to pray and fast like Jesus did. You know, we started this program, Young People For, because we were, quite frankly, sick and tired of being handed our nation's leadership. That we wanted to put our fingerprint on what the future leadership of this country, particularly progressive leadership, would look like. I'm really interested in um, public health and community health and progressive health organizations. Projects around uh, immigrant communities, uh, workers' rights, LGBTQ, and women's issues. Hey, fellows, we just finished the National the people in this organization have a long history of protecting the rights of those whose position in society or whose pocketbook does not afford them the luxury of political influence. people today who are protesting in different areas around the country that, that we can take some credit for that because those people are empowered and those people are emboldened to do what they do because they live in a world where there is some source of truth and honesty and real information for them and that's what people for the American way is to me. of recent political developments, I think that people for the American way is more important than ever. So, Ben, do you get a chance to see your grandmom often? I didn't until COVID. She's trapped on the other side of the country, so oh, I talk to her often. You talk to her often. I know she loves yeah. her. She loves her grandson. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, no, she does. She, uh, she, she, she does. I gotta tell you, I am blessed. I mean, to be forty-seven years old, and you know, your mom's eighty; she's still alive, and your grandma's one hundred, about to be one hundred and four, and she's still alive. It, it is a blessing. Ben, I didn't know you were just forty-seven years old. I got a son older than you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so I got a young mentor. <laughs> so, Ben, you know, this presidential race is probably going to go down in history as a piece of news. You know, um, this, this guy is, when he loses, and I'm very optimistic, when he loses this, this race, the Southern District of New York is just waiting for him to get out of the presidency so that they can go and arrest him. 
And, you know, I don't think he's going to be able to wiggle out of that one very well. Because, as you know, the Southern District of New York are the ones that took down Al Capone. Um, one of my grandsons asked me yesterday, Grandpa, what do you think, you know, if he loses, uh, are they going to arrest him? I said, yeah. So my grandson said, I think he'll commit suicide before he'll allow himself to be arrested. Mm -hmm. And I hope I not. wouldn't wish that on anybody. No, I wouldn't, yeah, wish, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. No, but, you know, like I told him, I said, well, let's just see. I said, because God's got plans for everything. So then he says, well, if it happens, I'm not going to be upset. 12-year-old <laughs> kid, right? And you ask little kids all the time, what do you think of President Trump? You ought to see some of the expressions on their faces. Like, I don't like him, okay? And it's, it, it has become a norm, you know? Now, Joe Biden, I feel, is one that should be praised for his efforts and, and especially having not just the nerve, but the insight to bring Kamala Harris in on his ticket. What do you think of that combination? Um, the, uh, you know, I've known Kamala for 15 years. Oh, and okay. the, um, and Kamala is the real deal, I gotta say. Mm -hmm. She comes from a family of civil rights activists. Her sister is a great civil rights lawyer. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kamala, early in her career, was convinced by a man named Felton Henderson okay. um, who to uh, become a prosecutor and not a civil rights lawyer. Oh, wow. civil, act civil rights activist kids, you know, why would the kid of two civil rights activists from Berkeley, California, you know, Oakland, California, mm -hmm. sister of a civil rights lawyer, why would she go become a prosecutor? Well, to that, you have to understand Felton Henderson. Felton Henderson was the second black prosecutor in the history of the U.S. Department of Justice. Wow. He was fired from that job because he, he let Martin Luther King Jr. borrow his DOJ car. Oh. Martin Luther King Jr. was broken down the side of the road in Alabama. Hmm. Uh, Felton had been meeting with him, was driving the same way, saw that he was on the side of the road and said, Reverend, like, I know the threat level for you in this state, in this area. You need to get out of here right now. Y'all take my car. I'll get your car fixed. I'll meet you back in Atlanta. We can swap cars. Hmm. Sovereignty Commission got photos. Felt of of uh, Martin Luther King driving a DOJ car, put it all over newspapers. Mm -hmm. Felton was fired. Mm. Felton then went out to, you know, he's now in senior status as a federal judge. He literally is the judge that has been at war against the California penal system, trying to make it smaller and more humane. Mm -hmm. And, um, but before he became a federal judge, he went to Stanford and he began recruiting black students for them. He recruited Charles Ogletree and a whole host of others okay. to that school. And when he got to a young Kamala Harris, Felton Henderson said to her, Look, you can become a civil rights lawyer and fight the power. You can become a defense attorney and fight the power. I'm sure plenty of people are talking to you about both of those. I want you to consider becoming a prosecutor. Hmm. Because what's better for our people than fighting the power is having the power. And I saw Kamala. You know, I was, uh, as DA... Really do some incredible things. People forget, you know, San Francisco has a very conservative law enforcement culture. If you if you don't understand that, just consider the policies advocated by 
Senator Dianne Feinstein when it comes to, to mm-hmm. uh, criminal justice. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I love her as a person. I agree with her on a lot of things, but criminal justice, we've always found ourselves typically on the opposite sides of the, of the debate. Okay. And Kamala runs for district attorney, young black woman at a time when there were only four black elected district attorneys anywhere in the country. Right. And she runs as an opponent of the death penalty. Mm. She she wins. She gets into office. And within months, 19-year-old black boy, you got to remember, 19-year-old is in your house, they're a child. When they're, you know, arrested, we call them a young man. He was was somebody's baby. Yeah. um, Who was misguided, gets accused of killing a police officer. And... Diane Feinstein at the officer's memorial rails into Kamala Harris saying, you got to basically make an exception. Mm. We should have the death penalty, you know, for cop killers. Mm. And Kamala digs in her heels and she's like, no, um, death penalty is wrong, period. It doesn't matter. Circumstances, all these horrible circumstances, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why every other Western society has abolished it. No, we're not going to do this. And one by one, the entire liberal establishment came down on the head of this young politician. First time she had won, you'll never you know, be elected again, da 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 mm-hmm. she's been elected many times. She never wavered. Um, and that's when I you know, really fell in love with, with Kamala Harris as a candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, out of her career, two movements have been built. When she won in San Francisco, uh, the people behind her campaign, and she teamed up to found Emerge, which now trains women to run for office all across the country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, and and several of us, including myself, got together and said, "Okay, we just got a progressive DA in San Francisco. How do we do this elsewhere?" And there's right. a quiet movement now that has, that is built. You know, we have progressive DAs kind of all over the country now: Philadelphia, right? Um, you know, Dallas, so forth. All of that really started with Kamala's campaign. Now you're telling me something about Kamala I didn't know, and thank you for informing me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, she is a courageous and good human being, and hey, she's a Howard University bison. So There you go. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. And the other thing I know, um, she's uh, more than capable of handling Pence in this upcoming uh, debate. Uh, you know, she yeah. steps, she, she, she can hold her ground and she steps to him and don't, and don't waver at all and don't care. You know, that's the kind of leader that America should have. Um, Joe Biden, uh, he served with Obama Yeah. and, um, Joe Biden. Look, knows- Bernie says, Joe Biden says, Bernie says, just, just look at the policies he's, he's pushing now, um, Biden, in this moment, looks like he's poised to be the most progressive president in the history of the country. Absolutely. That's one heck of an, an endorsement from From Bernie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got my vote. That's for damn sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's got mine, too. And I, you know, I, I got to tell you, um, you know, the uh, uh, Trump asked, you know, what do we have to lose, right? Last mm-hmm. time he ran, what black folks had to lose. Mm-hmm. Apparently, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna, yeah, like we've lost a lot. That's right. And all of our sisters and brothers have died unnecessarily during COVID. Um, 
No, he, uh, the damage he has done is, you know, just kind of blows you away. We have it totally under control. One person coming in from China is uh, going to be just fine. We have it very well under control. My administration will take all necessary steps to safeguard our citizens from this threat. A lot of people think that goes away in April. I think it's going to work out fine. We have it very much under control. We're very close to a vaccine. Because of all we've done, the risk to the American people remains very low. 15 within a couple of days is going to be down to close to zero. One day it's like a miracle. It will disappear. And this is their new hope. Unfortunately, one person passed away overnight. You take a, a solid flu vaccine, you don't think that would have an impact or much of an impact on corona? Anybody that needs a test gets a test. It will go away. Just stay calm. I don't take responsibility at all. It's something that we have uh, tremendous control of. We're not going to let the cure be worse than the problem. I hope we can do this by Easter. The CDC is advising the use of non-medical cloth face covering. So it's voluntary. You don't have to do it. Just minutes after a Fox News report on the demonstrations, the president began tweeting, liberate Minnesota, liberate Michigan, and liberate Virginia. And I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out. Is there a way we can do something like that by injection inside or this is going to go away this is going to go away without a vaccine we have met the moment and we have prevailed many of these people aren't very sick but they still go down as a case the virus is uh abating dying out the chinese virus kung flu i have done a phenomenal job with it the reason we have more cases than other countries is because our testing is so much. Kung flu. I think that at some point uh, that's going to sort of just disappear. We are likewise getting under control. We show cases, 99% of which are totally harmless. We want to get our schools open. I didn't listen to my experts. We have therapies and we have vaccines. You're losing a lot of lives by keeping things closed. So we're at about 135,000 and we'll be at somewhat higher than that by the time it it ends it will probably unfortunately get worse before it gets better that's the way it is that's the way it is on a national level but, but the international level as well today he said um any u.s citizen going to cuba is not allowed to, to stay in any cuban hotel he's banned cuban alcohol and cuban tobacco did you hear about that? You know, he's he's a fool. And I bet you and the, somewhere in one of his many mansions are some Cuban cigars. Uh-huh. <laughs> <You know, laughs> that's the kind of hypocrite that he is. And, you know, it seems that he's... I've never seen one person to just hate Obama, you know. And he's trying to turn everything around that Obama did. And I know why. Because Obama is black. Well, tell, you know, I don't know tell, what the motivation. I do believe that he's racist. I think he's also just petty. So you oh, know, I don't know. I, I don't know which one. You know, um, maybe, maybe it's both. <laughs> yeah. Have you? Yeah. Ben, you know, you're a young man. In your lifetime, did you ever think we would ever get such a dumb president, or stupid, or yeah, idiot? Yeah, I mean, and his sons. My gosh. Oh. Yeah. Um. Mm. The um yeah so no I never I never really thought you know that we would see somebody who uh, and and one just relishes in being racist in a way that just kind of blows your mind. And then he made uh, yeah. in Minnesota uh, yesterday, uh, whenever it was he was up there. 
he was speaking to a crowd of his supporters, all white, and he tells them, you know what? You all got good genes. Nobody else on earth have good genes other than white folks. Come on, please. Uh, just, I know. You know, the, the, and, the, and the, yeah, but again, and I'm going to need to take leave here and, you know, get my son to bed. He's, his, uh, I mean, his class is sick, and I think it might be COVID, so the school's mm-hmm. canceled tomorrow. But he's mm-hmm. he's nine, and he's or he's eight, and needs to get to to uh, school soon. I mean, get to bed soon. But you mm-hmm. know, I'd say this, brother Knife Wolf, the all the activists who are listening out there, the people with good conscience, are praying for Biden to win, praying for to take back the Senate. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, take heart. We can win. Dig in. Don't weary in well-doing. Mm-hmm. Put your shoulder to the wheel. This is a time for us to give it all we got. Right. And no matter what happens on Election Day, mm-hmm. get right back up and take heart and put your shoulder to the wheel because there is a better day coming. Demographically, we are reaching the point when the South will flip. Yeah, we are reaching the point, and when the South flips, the whole direction of the country flips too. Absolutely, absolutely. And the number one thing that we can do as progressives and as organizers is to do what all of our ancestors have done so many times, and simply make a better future come faster. There you go. So we just got to stay focused. We just got to stay focused. Ben, thank you so much for talking to me today, and um, I can't wait until talk until I speak to you again. Maybe not on a podcast, not on a radio show, but just you know, when the day will come when we can sit face to face and maybe share a meal, and uh, and talk together and pray together, I would be so honored. Yeah, uh, I would love that. I would love that, brother. I would love to tell you what when it when it gets warm again because it's about to get cold here real fast. You shoot me a text and uh, we'll have lunch out here on my dock in in uh, Pasadena, Maryland. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. I really appreciate your right. time. And uh, All right. and we'll be talking soon. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Peace, brother. As I close out this edition of the American Indian Indigenous Peoples Truths. We find ourselves at a critical point in history here in the United States. And in just 40 days, we can go along with the go along and allow Donald Trump to continue in the presidency or we can stop him cold. But in order to do that, Everyone that's listening to this broadcast, podcast, if you have not gone or gone online and registered to vote, you need to do that now as soon as you hear this podcast in. Do that now and then come the first week in November when it's time to vote. Get off your butt and go out there and vote. Vote this clown out of office. I hear so many of you complain about this president, I don't like this president, look at what he's done now. Damn that. 
Every day I see something new and stupid that he does. Every day I see something new and harmful that he does to the American people. If you are a recipient of Obamacare, if you don't vote this fool out, you may not have it going into next year. If you are afraid of losing your Social Security, you need to vote this fool out because he's trying to bring an end to Social Security, something that we have worked for all of our lives, that we invested our money every payday out of our paychecks into this Social Security fund. If you care about your health, or if you've been unfortunately affected by this coronavirus like I have, my sister died from this. This fool played it down, talked it down from the first time he heard about it. If he had done something when he first heard about it, then we wouldn't be 200,000 American citizens dying from this COVID-19 coronavirus. But it's Donald Trump's fault. I have never seen anybody in my life so stuck on himself and his mistakes. So if he wins this time, it's your fault. Because I've done my due. I've registered to vote. I've called family members, I've called friends, I've persuaded so many people to go and register to vote. And if you can go to the polls, vote at the polls. If not, do a mail-in vote. But we need to do something about this idiot. Our future and the future of our children and our children's children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, that future rests on what happens in November. We've lost too many black people to police violence. The ones that he claim are, there's some good people there. So, I'm not just saying this to say this, but I need you all to do the same. Register to vote and vote in November and vote this idiot out of office. So I'll say to all of you the same thing that my grandfather used to always say. It's not about the color or the pigmentation of your skin or the color of your eyes. It's not about the texture of your hair. It's not about the clothes you wear. It's not about your traditions or your culture. Do you know what it's really all about? It's how you treat my heart and those that you come in contact with every day or occasionally is how you treat their hearts. So please, please go out and vote. I'm Jay Winter Nightwolf, and I'll leave you in the Cherokee words. Da-na-da, go-a-yi, wado. Talk to you the next time. If the white man wants to live in peace with the Indian, he can live in peace 
There need be no trouble. Treat all men alike. Give them all the same law. Give them all an even chance to live and grow. You might as well expect the rivers to run backward, as that any man who was born a free man should be contented when penned up and denied liberty to go where he pleases. We only ask an even chance to live as other men live. We ask to be recognized as men. Let me be a free man, free to travel, free to stop, free to work, free to choose my own teachers, free to follow the religion of my fathers, free to think and talk and act for myself.